0: Out time oh. <laughs> <laughs> should we start over let's leave it at.
1: this is queen speaking what's the difference between a boss and a queen when you're a queen you're owning every aspect of your life from work to money to relationships there are no boundaries you can't pause who you are the challenge is how to own it what makes you you we're in this together Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us?
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What's up? Everything's up. It's been so long since I've seen you. I know. Our listeners don't know that, but... Because we're very good at planning. <laughs> <laughs> but. But I missed you a lot.
1: We just came off of a little Thanksgiving holiday, though. We sure did. So uh, tell me
0: what's going on.
1: <laughs> I was on vacation. <laughs> it's was great. Um, but I think that this was a vacation I needed in my life. Yes. I took full advantage of this downtime, and it was magical. Um, we spent a few days in the mountains in Colorado, which is great. Um and what are I your fave places, it hands down it's so beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's also really weird because it's so flat, huh, And so there's just like there's nothingness, and then there's a like, giant oh. mountain range,
0: <laughs> which is like my style because I can bike on a flat road and then just admire the mountains yeah. instead of have to like push myself up a hill, yeah. So we actually stayed in, like, really in the mountains. Like, we had to get a four-wheel
1: drive car and everything, and cool. we had to actually put it into use. I was kind of scared, got a little sweaty on the rides up, because <laughs> thought we were going to just go creeding off the windy, windy roads. One wrong left turn. Yeah. So it was really nice, because I'm coming off of a giant event series. Mm-hmm. And so it felt really nice to like have this be the cap of relaxation to very busy and I feel like even just like the busyness of summer. Yes.
0: Um which feels like decades ago now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I got to actually read a couple books that i have had on the docket for a while and so i finished radical candor i also read emotional intelligence wow i ate a bunch of good food and we really got to do like all the things that we wanted we took like it was a a fabulous vacation and so there was some shopping in there too so i got some new sweaters that's awesome toss toss the wardrobe uh a nice little upgrade, which is great.
0: Well, we're getting into like our chilly season, so I feel like we could all use a new sweater or two. Yeah. So I support that. I took advantage of some some good sales,
1: you know, some pre-Thanksgiving sales, pre-Black Friday sales, Love which it. was actually pretty
0: legit. Yeah, I will say. I mean, I know that we we have a tendency to avoid it, but. Some of those deals are hard to pass up. (laughs) I did the whole shop local thing, but in Colorado. See, that still counts. Yeah. That fully still counts.
1: But um, I feel like just after that experience, this has put me in, like, the I want to advocate for everyone to do a quiet vacation to Mm. recharge, even if it's a few days of staycation during, like, especially after those... Uh, very busy times in your life Mm -hmm. and just to have a couple days to slow down and have no responsibilities or anywhere to be it was just like let's do what we want to do that is the ultimate
0: like I'm present again moment I totally agree and I like I love that you both were able to really enjoy that time and it made me think about even though I was home to be able to not have to think about... And while I love the podcast, it was really nice to have already done the pre-work and know that we didn't have anything to prep for until now. Mm-hmm. And so to know that I didn't have to worry about that, I was off from school, I was off from work, and that was like... I hadn't had a, like a super free, like fully free weekend in a bit. And so I had that feeling of like even though I was home... Like, nothing to think about except for, like, how I was going to have breakfast that day. And that was really nice. The lack of schedule was amazing. I think that we should all encourage each other to
1: commit to a two-day, like, pick a weekend and just block it. Nothing's happening. Right. It's out.
0: It's like. You're booked for you. All I could think about was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to like get up at a certain time to do a thing that even though it's something I enjoy and appreciate, there is always something really good about having like the fluidity through your day of not having to think about anything except like where my glass of wine is coming from. And that was just phenomenal. So I'm really glad that although you were far away from me, you had a really good time. That was hard for me. (laughs) Sometimes
1: that's what it takes for us to not see
0: each other. I know. (laughs) Getting on a plane and physically leaving the town. Yes, I get that. (laughs) What are you up to? How was your holiday? My holiday was great. Um, My update is that I made stuff for Thanksgiving. And not only did I make stuff... But I really enjoyed making stuff. This is just three cheers for Sid right now. It was so awesome. And I'm a big apps fan. So, Mm -hmm. like, I will forever choose an appetizer over a main or a side or even a dessert for that matter. And like my everything that I like to cook lives in like the bread and cheese family Mm -hmm. so I think my ability and my interest lends itself well to the appetizer family and so I got to make two appetizers that I was excited to eat and I realized that like I didn't care if anybody else was bringing stuff I didn't care if you know what anybody would think of what I brought I was just excited to share something that I made with the people around me and I'm realizing that like That actually does bring me joy when for a long time it felt like it brought me pain and suffering. (laughs) But it was really fun. And I spent like the whole morning in the kitchen. I was listening to music. I was by myself because Doug went out and got me a bagel because that's all I had requested for breakfast. And it was just like incredibly calming and how often have I ever said that cooking is calming for me never we're turning a new page <laughs> yeah so i i think for me like to be excited about cooking means that I want to be like providing something to someone else, but I also have to want to eat it myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to be the person that like cooks up a turkey because someone's like, someone needs to do the turkey. Like I want to do what I want to do. And it's very rare that I like take that power back, especially around cooking. So it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Everybody seemed to enjoy the appetizers, but honestly, I really like them. So that's all I was really uh, worried about. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think
1: your point, too, of, like, what what do you want to do or what do you want to make what fulfills you in the kitchen
0: mm-hmm.
1: will make it so much more
0: accessible for you. Absolutely. That's, like, it comes from, like, my heart center versus, like, the pressure from someone else, and that made all of the difference. And I don't know if that's, like, a recent change or if I just felt pressure, because I always usually make apps, but, like, mm-hmm. I think I may have felt outside pressure, like, what if no one likes this? And I'm like, well, it's I like, don't care because I it like me. it. yeah. And so, <laughs> like, flipping that perspective was super, super powerful for me over the Thanksgiving holiday. So I'm excited to, like, have that infused into more of what I make in the future. I love it. It was great. So uh, what's inspiring you this week, Brom? Well, I listened to...
1: Uh, several podcasts while in flight. That's all I was waiting for, was the podcast lineup. So, and I realize most of what I recommend is podcasts, because that's (laughs) the only media that I consume at this point, because it's all I can. Yes.
0: Time (laughs) availability is sparse.
1: (laughs) So, um, this one is No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. Hmm. Episode 90 with Nicole Richie.
0: Ooh, one of my current faves, but recent. Current phase exactly yeah and that's why this yeah. is a good one <laughs> so I'm
1: all for a transformation and I think it's hard to say Nicole Ritchie without thinking about her you know reality TV life yeah. with Paris Hilton on simple life <laughs> sure
0: yeah that's all that comes to
1: mind <laughs> good times uh wow real how real long ago back. was that it we were in high school I think
0: were we really okay yeah. so. Over 10 years ago?
1: Over, definitely over 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, maybe. Like, like,
0: how old am I? 12,
1: 15. <laughs> I think like 15 years ago plus. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so, she now is a magical, business minded, like boss lady. Yes. She's killing it. <laughs> she is killing
0: it. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs>
1: so, what's really cool is that this episode actually dives into the personal growth process that she went through to build her brand mm. and, like, what business sense she has now. And I think just as a combo, this is something that really matters to me when I'm listening to podcasts, but both of them have wonderful voices. It does make a difference. It really does. Very calming. Yes. Um, but I, in particular, appreciated hearing about the progress and experiences that really led her to making her brand as authentic as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was not afraid of saying, like, I made some mistakes. Like, I signed on to some licensing deals that weren't great. Mm-hmm. And I think it helped her realize that she was losing her vision and how she was able to, like, rein it back in mm-hmm. and build in that authentic Nicole Richie brand that needed to be there. And I feel, especially after reading um, Diane von Furstenberg's uh, biography,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it was one of the autobiography. Did she write it? Yeah.
0: She Yes, then Ottawa. Okay. <laughs> <Words>. English 101.
1: <laughs> um, it's, I didn't realize how often people who have a brand sign off their name to other people, and then yeah. they, like, create things that are under their name, but it's not actually them. Right. You know, same thing, like, Kate Spade. Obviously, rest in peace. Yes. Love you.
0: Yes.
1: Um But she sold the brand years ago. Right.
0: And it was still her name, though.
1: Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. So it's just really interesting to think about that and the impact that that has on the products that you see. Um, But what she's done since has really kind of like rein it in and pull back Mm -hmm. and make really strategic cuts on and like thinking about how she wants to creatively embody the House of Harlow. Yeah. And it's so, it was just really cool to hear from her and kind of hear the perspective of someone who came at it from like, I was kind of, I was like very much into just living a free life for as long as I could and then... I had this idea and then didn't really think it was going to become a business. But then, like, it happened as I was doing it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool thing as you're like, I don't know where I'm going, but hopefully I'll get somewhere, somewhere, someday.
0: (laughs) It's like building the plane while it's already in the air. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) That's dangerous.
0: (laughs) But it works every time. (laughs) Yeah, I love that because... I think that that, from, again, I don't know her personally, obviously, but following her on Instagram, she does seem to lead a fairly authentic life that she shares openly, and I appreciate that, because you get that sense from her, just from watching her and how she does things, is that it's kind of like, I have this idea, like, pinging into action, like, kind of, like, hitting the bumpers along the way, and, like, pivoting as necessary, but still remaining... Um, true to that vision and figuring out like how you continue to like shave away to get to the core of what that is and and maintain it so that's really cool I'll have to listen to that it's a good one I love Nicole Richie so not ashamed (laughs) what's inspiring you so um, Michelle Obama has been on her stadium book tour which isn't a normal book tour because usually book tours are like fairly intimate and very small, but right. you know, we love us uh, some Michelle Obama. So she did it bigger, better, and much more fabulous. So she had, I think, maybe eight stops on this tour and she literally sold out stadiums um, and had a different like person uh, moderating her conversation at every stop. And one of those people was my fave, some Tracy Ellis Ross. <laughs> That's it power duo. I was so thrilled and then also immediately so sad I was not going to be able to participate or attend any of these. She had some Oprah. She had some Tracy. Wow. She had I think Brené Brown was one of them. She had there was one that I was excited about and I can't remember it, but they're all online somewhere. Um, But I was like, this is a cool different way to do this. And it's about her book, Becoming, which just Mm -hmm. came out and I think is like already hitting top of the charts, which no surprise there. Um, But my inspiration this week is the New York Times interview that was just Michelle and Tracy with a reporter from the New York Times. And what I liked about it is I, I have a tendency to get a little defensive of people I don't know. And this reporter felt a little aggressive at different points during the interview. And I was like, you leave mud girls alone. (laughs) And I loved the way that they responded to the questions and what they were saying. And Michelle talking about what becoming is and why she chose to write it and, and what it represents for her. And it talks about her time in office as the first lady and her background growing up and what she plans to do now that she's out of the office and what her and Barack have gone through together And I thought that it was just the interview was really cool because it showed those questions really did relate to both Michelle and Tracy. And because I love Tracy, I was excited to learn more about her and what she took from this book um, and how she interpreted it. Um, But the other thing that I really enjoyed is that she talked about why college and women going to college is such a huge platform for her and why she has taken such a strong stance on it. And a lot of it comes down to being able to switch lanes when you need to switch lanes and Mm -hmm. how college provided her the opportunity to switch lanes when she needed to switch lanes and how she wants other women to be able to be able to do that. And if you don't have the ability to get your college degree, then it becomes a little bit harder to s- switch lanes like that. And while I think that there's a lot of people that college isn't right for, um, some form of education to help you learn and grow and and tap into your strengths is important. And I, I took that as kind of the, um, of what she was saying of like, Whatever you equip yourself with, knowledge wise, allows you to switch and change and find your path in a way that works best for you. And you hold the power and you hold the ability. To make a move that feels right for you, and I thought that was such an awesome message, and it really gave context to this whole thing that she's been talking about since she was in office about how she's all about women going to college. So that, along with a lot of other things, made it this really awesome read. And so that was my inspiration. And I, you know, I see those two names on a headline, and I'm like, like click, <laughs> I'm
1: reading, totally in.
0: <laughs> so that was really good, and I mean, if we can have more of her in our lives, oof, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I'm into that. I feel like um, just having someone kind of stand up and advocate for women, too, is really important and yeah. really feeds quite well into what we're talking about
0: today. It absolutely does. And so I what I just, are we talking about? I did even you straight, do Sid. that on <laughs> Um, So today is actually our Women Who Are Inspiring Us um, series. So we do this once a month where we pick a woman or, in this case, a group of women who are inspiring us and not just get into what they do or what they did or what she did, um, but also what the impact is of that action or that thing. Um, And so today we wanted to talk about this proverbial women's wave that people are talking about that happened in the House. And to give some context, there are now 128 women in the 435 seats of the House of Representatives. Not only that, but the House is also much more diverse than it's ever been. So we wanted to get into that today to really talk about like, okay, that's That's the most women that's ever been in the house. And what is not only like that that's awesome and fantastic, but like, what does that mean? Who does that impact? And what do we do from here? Because like, that's a milestone, but milestones don't just drop off. So what is our next move here? Yeah. So. And I think um, what's really
1: amazing about all of this is that for the first time, Native American and Muslim women were elected. Mm -hmm. Also for the first time, Alaska, Mississippi, North Dakota, Iowa, and Vermont all sent women to the house. Is that not crazy? <laughs> and I feel like these firsts are vital and important for us to recognize
0: because they set a precedent. And there's no going back from here. Right. Well, and exactly. And we'll talk a little bit more about like that and how it's not just like words we say, but how do we then act? And mm-hmm. what do we do as people who aren't in the house but do feel strongly about the move that's been made and how do we, like, continue to push through this kind of action. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, you know, the impact on our lives, not just politically, but, again, like, how we show up and make change happen. This is a super exciting, super powerful thing. Um, So we want to get into that today. So are we ready to speak it, Queens? Yeah, we are. So why does this matter?
1: I have found a very interesting uh, lesson from a piece that I read in The Hill Mm -hmm. that said, quote, diversity also requires a diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. And I read that and I was like, bam, wow. (laughs)
0: Like, (laughs) knock me over.
1: (laughs) Because it's true. And what I thought was interesting is that um, the author of the article mentioned that only 13 of the 120 women in the House of uh, are actually Republicans, and so that's obviously a pretty stark contrast to the other 115 female Democrats in the House. Yeah. Um, obviously, while it's great to see more women overall, it's vital for us to recognize that the GOP still doesn't have representation that it needs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it's another call to action to us and to our greater community that we still need to invest in women and representation from all sides of the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's also important to recognize, too, that not just the national elections of, like, you know, Congress and all of that, um, but what about your local elections? Who are the people that are actually making a difference in your community and supporting those women to gain those seats now Mm -hmm. and in the future?
0: Absolutely. I think what I what I appreciate that when you call this out is that like we're super excited that, you know, a bunch of women are are coming in, but like you said that diversity of thought, and it's not saying like hey, we agree with the things that are happening in the current GOP right now, but really having that um the conversation and opening it up and understanding why people feel the way they feel, I think that, especially for women, like, we have a strong history and desire to meet in the middle and understand one another in a way that we don't see right now in a very real way. And so if more women are at the table from both the Democratic side and the GOP, there could be a lot more that could happen with that versus just, like, either hiding or screaming or completely ignoring and i think like all of those things are happening in excess right now and think about if there were more women at the table what could really happen from from every side of the conversation and and helping to understand where people are coming from and why they're coming from those places yeah i think
1: to your point the concept of equal representation is a fallacy right now Mm -hmm. because equal representation it's they're not representing the real people of America at this point. Um, That is Congress in particular. Yes. (laughs) But I think the idea that there's, this has kind of made that shift happen where it's like, okay, we're over 20%, you know, where do we go from here? How do we, how do we continue this? So that not only is it diverse women women who are representing both GOP and the Democrats, but also different parts of the community and people within the community, just, like, inclusion and diversity in general. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'd be down with, you know, some Muslim or Mexican-American men joining as well, because, again, in a state like Arizona, that's pretty
0: representative of the the demographic there absolutely yeah and i think that's like the core of why this matters is because the people that have been making decisions for us fully do not represent who we are and and what we look like and what our values are and and all of those really important things especially because the average age and you know identity of our representatives are white male and in their 60s and 70s like that is such a small portion, and women represent half of this country, and we are sorely below that representation in our government, and that is just infuriating, and that's why that's why this matters, is that while we have a thousand other things to continue to do, calling this out and recognizing that this isn't a loss, this isn't something that we're like, oh, I guess we didn't get one thing, so we'll take this thing. Like, this is still a huge Mm -hmm. step to have taken, um, and we shouldn't be treating it like it's a second-place win, um, but it's absolutely, it lines up with the other first-place wins that we might not have gotten this time, but it should be treated just as importantly. Right, and I think even just the idea
1: that people are thinking about things differently, they're... Supporting women in a different way than they have in the past, I think that opens up the opportunity to say, okay, this is not just like a, oh, it happened this one time, and this is like, you know, clean slate. We're starting over. It's fresh. We're going to fix all the problems. Right. This is going to be hard. Right. And we're going to have to keep working at it. And so I think leading into the impact.
0: Yeah. Who um, does this
1: impact? (laughs) Who, what it, what's next for us? And I think, what are the things that we have to pay attention to so that it doesn't just fall off the wagon Mm -hmm. as we're on our trek to the future. (laughs)
0: Because it's coming, whether we like it or not.
1: Um, I think time will really tell as far as seeing the impact on Congress and bills passed. Obviously, it's been, like, not even a month at this point. (laughs) Right. Seriously, it hasn't.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But I think from our own personal standpoint, asking ourselves – what we know and are we actually educating ourselves about the issues at hand and are we based are we voting based solely on gender or right. are we actually understanding that the issues and the policies these women in congress are supporting do those thoughts and perspectives and policies that they're advocating for do they represent your values as well?
0: Well, and that's so funny that you say that because I listened to a podcast called Keep It from Crooked Media. And one of the things that Kara Brown always says is like, before there were so few black people represented in so many places that regardless of their viewpoint, I was like on the team because Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to show up and support and represent other black people. And she's like, what comes with more representation comes that next step of saying like, I don't necessarily agree with that person, but here's someone I do agree with, and they have just as much a shot at getting to that national stage, that local mm-hmm. stage that is making an impact, both. And they talk about it along, like, the entertainment line, but when you're talking about it along the political line as well, it's just, it's like, it kind of goes hand-in-hand with that sentiment. Right. And I think, obviously, we mentioned the equal
1: representation aspect, but, like, I'd really prefer men not... Uh, advocate or make decisions about my body or sure. things that affect me without having knowledge and yeah. having more women at the table to, to have these conversations is so important because they're now having the opportunity to say, here's how this actually affects me and mm. do you understand you know, the issues at play and what impact this has not just on me in my community but also thinking about women in other communities and access and mm-hmm. all of these things that come into play that aren't necessarily something that's on a rich
0: white man's mind <laughs> well exactly that's exactly right that is exactly right <laughs> i feel like there's so much this could easily turn into a two-hour episode because you're just like yeah what does that person know about <laughs> all of these different communities that are experiencing something so different every single day than they will ever even begin to to want to touch firstly secondly begin to understand in the time that they have to make a change happen like we need people that understand that to be there making these decisions and helping to make these decisions in a very real way so yeah we could get super far into that (laughs) um i also read in vox that
1: women have a track record of getting more done yeah and i just wanted to like throw that out there because uh I really like to be validated in that way of like yeah women let's do this
0: and I think that that like I don't just think that's true I think that like that's been proven time and time again and to ignore that would be just so silly so
1: I agree that's I'm um, I think additionally in terms of thinking about who this impacts thinking about how um In general, I think the Democrats have done a really good job of like rallying people and getting organizations and grassroots programs together um, has been really helpful. But thinking about the groups of people that we're now seeing from a statistics standpoint of like suburban women are probably a potential turning point for us because um, what was really obvious in the Trump election was like there was a great majority of white Women, yeah, in the suburbs that were voting for Trump, huge, and we were all like, huge. "Girl, what you doing? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> why did you do that?"
1: Uh... <laughs> um, and so I think in that sh- opportunity for shifting the mindset, there's a really great opportunity for us to go from kind of like Trump-minded world to a the future great leader of America. Absolutely, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, but what I think is interested. This is obviously where my progressive mindset is going to come out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I think that this is an opportunity for us to get some tactics in play. Um To think with, think about, and share with, and support our Democratic leaders to support those needs. To um, kind of advocate more for the women that we have a chance to say, like, "Hey, you thought this guy was going to do all these things for you, and um, I think maybe you, as a suburban woman, should also maybe think about supporting." Like, we can support you, and here are the things that are top of mind for us, and finding candidates that fit those needs mm-hmm. and at least providing more education about you know what are the things that they're thinking about like safety and preventing opioid crisis mm-hmm. and low unemployment like we want that to continue
0: right and so how are we tapping women and men, but yes, women, to, who have had experiences with that. I think mm-hmm. this, again, like the this past election cycle showed us that someone has had an experience that devastated their life, and they turned that into energy for change and won. And we need more of that. We need more very brave people to educate our community on what matters and how their experience can help fuel the fire of making change happen. And it's super, super important. So how do we do that? And how do we support that? Um, For me, this really, like when you think about the who this impacts, I think about the people who did not have a chance to have a voice in this election, mm-hmm. and that's kids, like that's middle schoolers, high schoolers, and younger, who not just women and girls, but for men and boys too, and seeing an accurate representation of the world we live in is an example for them, and literally impacts their everyday life, and they didn't get a say in it. And I'm not saying like, hey, let's like get rid of the voting age and like <laughs> and just let children vote, but I think that we should lower the voting voting age. Firstly, but We need to think about our future because, again, Mm -hmm. the average of what's representing us right now are not going to be around for a whole lot longer. And who is coming in needs to look at those kids and say what's best for them and what is the world that they're going to have to live in. So, like, that's what I think about when I think of the who when we talk about the impact. Um, We had the power to vote in this election and they didn't. And so um, I think if we flip – there's a lot of people, I think, that have this, like, every person for themselves mentality. And that is very sad to me because it's not every person for themselves because there's a lot of people that don't, again, don't have that ability or or they're not old enough to have that ability right now. And so, like, it's not them for themselves because they literally can't. And mm-hmm. so we need to think about them... Um, when, when we go in and make the decisions that we're making and like think about, and I don't have kids and I can't imagine what it's like to have kids, but I think about like the mom I see that's like struggling or is doing really well and like what the difference of mentality might be there and how do we insert ourselves into different spaces and educate ourselves around different spaces that we can make an impact on through the voting that we do and again these kids can't vote and what do they need to be successful in their lives they need us to support them Mm -hmm. and this is one of the biggest ways that we can learn how to support them so that's one thing that i think about um, I also think this goes back to being able to see yourself in different spaces. So you think about like that representation factor. And I think about that little girl who was staring at the portrait of Michelle Obama in the National Portrait Gallery when that went like un- when she was just standing there with her head like just she was just staring up at it. And she was just so she she looked like she was like all lit up and she was just so excited to was like and I can only imagine. And I think one of the reasons this went viral is this moment where we're like, I see someone that looks like me in a mm-hmm. position of power for one of the first times in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And what kind of impact does that have on our kids and, our, and the young people of this, of this country who can see themselves represented in places of power that are making these decisions happen? That's a huge, impactful moment for them. And how do we make sure we continue to have those moments so we are fairly represented and so our kids see us fairly represented?
1: Yeah, and if opportunity exists, all people need is a little jump start to get where they need to go. Absolutely. And I think that's really important to remember in this day and age. And I think a lot of people are like, they do the every man for himself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, the only way that we're going to survive is if we all work together and build a community together Mm -hmm. to support each other. And I think it's important to think about it, especially from a, the future standpoint, because, you know, We're getting old and gray.
0: (laughs) Already. (laughs) But it makes me think about, like, even in that New York Times article, Michelle Obama, like, the reporter kind of goes in on her about the we go low or they go low, we go high, which was, like, a whole thing Mm -hmm. that she said a lot. But And I can't remember exactly, which makes me sad because, you know, it was a great article. But if you read it, she really explains what she meant by that. And she doesn't – she says, like, in different situations, it means different things. Yeah. And so – having your own interpretation of what that means for you. And like that we piece of that is so important. And to your point, like that, like get everybody else out of the way. Like I'm in it for me. Like what, are, what am I going to do for myself? Like that we mentality is is where we need to be. And, and we can't afford to just think about the I. Um, and so read that article. <laughs> Doing it. Because it's awesome. It'll be in our show notes, guys. It sure will. At
1: queenspeaking.com.
0: As always. So where do we go from here? Ay, ay, ay.
1: <laughs> I think that we need to acknowledge that the buck does not stop here. A thousand percent. Just because a momentous thing happened mm-hmm. does not mean that we stop working or assume that the women in Congress are going to do the work for us. A thousand percent. <laughs> because we have to still step up and use this momentum to continue to push forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier, it set a precedent. And so we can't go back from here. It's not an option, everybody. Right,
0: right, exactly.
1: (laughs) Um, So this is a really good opportunity for you to figure out how to push for change in your own space and thinking about, you know, what's happening in my workplace, standing up to misogynistic comments, um, supporting and voting for women you see. Making change in your local community and understanding the issues at hand. I think, if anything, just being knowledgeable about what is important to you and what's actually happening in the world will change the game. Right. And I feel like, of anything, this whole situation has helped people educate themselves about how drastic of a difference it is. Because before, it's like, ah, it's a distant thing. Right. Whatever. Right. Or it doesn't affect
0: me. Right. And you're like, well, it affects people you probably care about.
1: Yeah. It either affects people you care about or it affects you and you don't realize it's right.
0: Affecting you. <laughs> All <so> bad.
1: Because <laughs> you got blinders on. Um, but I really think that the Democratic organizations that are supporting candidates with resources is a real game changer. And I think, as I mentioned before, thinking about um, you know equal representation and thinking about the other parties that exist and the other... Um, Demographics or people that we want represented in Congress and in our government and in our local communities more, then let's figure out ways to start different recruitment and training programs that you can support too. Um, I think that's
0: a really important thing for us to be Pushing for. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about how like this sets a precedent, it makes me think about the first women's wave, that there was mm-hmm. a lot of conversation about this right before, actually before this election and before these numbers happened. And it was in 1992, after the Anita Hill hearings, um, a lot of women ran and there were a lot of firsts, but that work wasn't over. And what the articles that I was reading from The Cut and from different outlets were saying was like, it was like you were really forceful and pushing through and making stuff happen. And then all of a sudden, it's not that it stopped, but the coverage of it petered out a little bit, I would say, just from what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to know that even if it's not getting covered, because that's how we hear about things, right? It's like all of these thousands of news outlets that we subscribe to and listen to and hear about, um, if that stops, if we don't hear about it anymore on our national and local news outlets, what are we doing to keep at it on mm-hmm. the ground? And what are we doing so, like, the first women's wave that happened that that apparently people are like, well, it wasn't really a women's wave, but it did open a lot of doors for a lot of people. Actually, I'll find this and share it. There was a great... I, I can't remember if it was from the cut or not but they did like a oh no it was from the skim and they did like um the history of like women's firsts in politics and that was really powerful to see and they do talk about that 1992 wave that happened and what has happened since then um and we can't treat it like just a flash in the pan we need to Mm -hmm. treat it like continuous work that it is even if it's not in front of your face getting covered by the news like it needs to be part of what you think about on a daily basis and and like you said in in your workplace in your personal relationships like it's not like you're out there campaigning because the election's over but you're thinking about like how do you affect change in the way that you can in the place that you are and that is keeping it at the top of the conversation even when it's not campaign mode and that's super important yeah girl for sure
1: um i think This is also going to bring out an opportunity for understanding, awareness, and perspective Mm -hmm. Um, for the, like, history of time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The whole time.
1: I don't think that we, like, the only way that we learn is by people sharing their experiences, and with that understanding the country as a whole can start to see both sides multiple sides a 3d picture understanding other people's struggles or triumphs and help them make change together i think if there's anything that i think about from a 2018 perspective of like thinking about the year and what it's taught me is just wow there's so many people who think about things differently than i do yeah and what are the questions that I can start asking to Mm -hmm. just learn more about what they're thinking about. Absolutely. Um, And I think having healthy debates is important because the second that you start to share your experience and provide perspective to another person, you're opening up the doors to, like, a greater sense of understanding between two people or, you know, hopefully lots of people.
0: (laughs) But even if it's just one or two, it's one or two more. Exactly. (laughs) But it does, it goes back to that, like, if, you're, if you feel burned out on everything that you just did for the last, like, six months to a year, or two years for that matter, think about what people who have been fighting for these things have been doing their entire lives. Yeah. Like, you feel, like, very exhausted from what you did, and this might not be your everyday experience, but someone else has been fighting every single day for representation or for equity, for equality and inclusion, and that might just not be your reality, and no one's saying that you're wrong or bad for not having that be your reality. Reality, but have an understanding that that's so many people's reality. And what just happened with this election, with all of these women coming into these seats, means that that's one step of representation and more people who can be seen as part of our country. Because they are. And, and for so many reasons, they were not represented. And so put yourself in the position to be understanding and educated and an advocate where you're able, um, to all of your points, Bron. (laughs) Um, And I think about Brittany Packnett, who I think I've talked about before, and we're going to share her um, Twitter feed. Um, but she talks so much about how the work won't end. Like, there is no end to this work. There is no done point. There, Like, any victory or setback or hold point, like, doesn't result in walking away and say, like, well, well we tried. Like, well, good effort. <laughs> it's like, there's, again, like, there's so many people who don't get to walk away from what they experience every single day. They don't get to just shrug and go back to doing, like. Nothing about their current reality, so why does that get to be a choice for us? We need to think differently about what our choices are and understand that there are so many people that don't get that mm-hmm. so I think her feed is super educational and and very powerful and very direct and I think it is a like daily reading for so many people, including myself i I follow her on everything, and I think it's made me a more um educated and more thoughtful person about everything that I do in my life um and I think you know with what we just experienced like that is one thing that we did like stake in the ground it's next steps from here what are we doing next how do we continue to push through this and like you said it's um the precedent and Mm -hmm. now we're going up and now we're doing more and we're making it happen and that's that's what we're leaving you with. Yeah. <laughs> Quick one today. <laughs> but very important. Very
1: important. And I think I want to hear from you guys, whether it's the challenges. And by you guys, I mean this is a thing I'm going to try and stop doing is saying you guys because it's like my weird bend. You all. You all. Um, or y'all. <laughs> you can do y'all. I'm cool with that. You can be a y'aller. You <laughs> ladies, I want to hear from you about the challenges that you are facing because um, – I think it's important or like maybe the concerns that you're feeling too about how do we continue this or you know if you're into this and want to keep working at it
0: I think it's important for us to keep doing it. Absolutely yeah I, I love this topic because it means so much more than just who's filling those seats but what it means for the rest of us and what we can continue to do and push for and um, what the impact is for the people that aren't just you know us, but the people that don't have a voice. Yeah, and if these women are in your community and we're you know
1: repping rep your state, cheers to them. Let's get some t-shirts. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> get some pins. Make it happen. We're gonna be rocking them. I'm yeah. ready. So keep supporting and uh, keep the conversation going because uh, we're not gonna stop. We sure aren't. Shall we break? Let's break.
0: Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.